Hey, I love the Word of God, and um, I believe with all my heart that the Spirit of God combined with the Word of God brings change. And so um, let's bring our faith this morning um, to God's Word as Melissa brings it to us, and I believe that something will shift in our minds and in our hearts for the better. Um, because of God's Word and His Spirit working together. Lord God, we thank You um, for the Word You've given Melissa this morning. We ask, Lord, that um, just Your power be upon her as she relies on You to bring forth this Word. We thank You for um, how You've created it through her, um, given it to her. And um, Lord, we pray that by Your Spirit, You'll release it now upon us um, to receive what it is that You have for us today. Thank You, Lord, um, that we can take personally the things that you say. Help us to do that this morning, and may it bring change in our hearts and minds, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you. Uh, So good to um, be with you here today. Uh, I know you're on online, uh, and it's been great to see in the chat the people that are popping up. So from around the world, we've got people from all kinds of places tuning in. So big warm welcome to you. We're so glad you're joining us. And um, it it just makes me really happy to see some people that I haven't um, had contact with for quite a while. So, so good. Uh, if you're not part of the Central Coast, um, we have been in lockdown for, I think it's around 14 weeks. It's been a very, very long time. And right now we're on the, the cusp of going into some easing of restrictions that we haven't had for a very long time. So... Um, we get, there's an option now, people can go to cafes, shops are opening that have been shut for 14 weeks. You can go shopping to buy clothing and shoes, all those things have been shut. So to have that opening is really exciting, but at the same time, there's a lot of confusion, isn't there? Uh, I'm confused about where you can go, can you go into the regional areas? You can, but you can't, but you can. And, and the danger of that is that people aren't going to know what they need to know um, to be in the right place at the right time or, or do the right thing. And, and so there's confusion, confusion about that. And one thing that I've found over all my years is that when things change, we tend to hit a lot of emotion. Does anyone else get emotional when things change? I know that for me, um, sometimes I get angry, sometimes I get scared, sometimes, I, um, you know, all kinds of emotions happen because something's changing and when it's not in my control, it's really difficult, isn't it? Someone's telling you that something's different. So even the point of locking down and being restricted, people were upset because where does it end? How much can someone tell you that you have to be at home or wearing a mask or all those kind of things that we're not used to doing? Um, all of a sudden, it becomes a normal thing that used to never be even a consideration. And now that lockdown's starting to, to end for us, um, there's a fear there that what an open community might look like. So we've got lots of fear that can happen there. And I think... Another emotion that we can experience quite a bit at the moment is a lot of confusion. And what we've been able to do um, is now confusing. What can we do? What can't we do? And too often in life, we encounter something that's just confusing. And especially today, when things that we've always known to be the same or normal have suddenly become something else. And I found myself asking what is the right answer? We want to clear the confusion. And that's the title of my sermon today, Clearing the Confusion. Now, I'm not going to be able to give you every answer in life because that's not even possible. And I don't know. As much as my kids think I know everything or don't know everything sometimes, 
I can't give you all the answers, but I can point you into the direction of someone that can clear your confusion today. Now, it's been really, really exciting at our church to embark on an online Alpha recently. And today, I just want to look at the topic that we discussed at Alpha this week. Today, it comes as a question. And a question that was asked in around 30 AD. It was just just as important for us to consider today as what it was then. And Jesus asked the question, who do you say I am? Who do you say I am? Now in the world today, there's a lot of opinions about who Jesus is, and we all have an opinion. And and crazy ideas aren't a new thing. Don't go thinking that we're living in some kind of a time where people are doing anything unique. People have been making up things for a very long time. We've been making up weird stuff for centuries. And when Jesus was on the earth, people had all kinds of crazy theories about who he was. Now, not much has changed in over 2,000 years. People are making up their minds based on what other other people are saying. Sometimes their opinion is formed based on a negative experience or hurt. And most of the time, we decide what we believe with this tiny amount of information we have. And if it's only a little, then it's not going to be a well-rounded decision-making process. So I invite you today to do some digging. Research who Jesus is. Christians point to the Bible as their source, and it's a good one. It has withstood centuries of translations into almost every dialect of the world. But many historical records have writings of a man called Jesus of Nazareth, and that's well known. An associate professor of library science at Purdue University, his name is Lawrence Mikatoik. Sorry if I if I pronounced your name wrong, um, but he said Jewish rabbi, rabbis who did not like Jesus or his followers accused him of being a magician and leading people astray, but they never said he didn't exist. There's an acknowledgement that Jesus actually lived on the earth. He was here. And at some point in our lives, we're faced with a question about who Jesus is. Who do we say he is? Is he a prophet? A moral teacher? A heretic? The son of God? Who is Jesus? How do we clear the confusion about this? My first point today, number one, is knowing who Jesus is brings clarity. Knowing who Jesus is brings clarity. That's what we need to clear our confusion. The Time magazine calls him the most influential person that ever lived. Time magazine also described Jesus as the most persistent symbol of purity, selflessness and love in the history of human humanity, of Western humanity. The most persistent symbol of purity, selflessness and love in the history of Western humanity. Wow, that's from Time magazine. So who do I know Jesus to be? When Simon Peter answered Jesus' question, he said, well, you're the Messiah, the son of the living God. And that's what Simon Peter said. Through the person of Jesus, God has revealed himself. John 10.30 says, Jesus said, the Father and I are one. Jesus just called himself God. Did you see that? 
That's a pretty big statement. What do we even do with that? Well, there's three possibilities. The first one is, it's not true, and Jesus knew it, so he's a fraud. The second possibility is it's not true. He didn't know it. He believed it to be true, but it wasn't. Then he was deluded or insane. The third possibility was it was true. Bono, the the lead singer of the band U2, said, I don't think you're let off easily by saying he was a great thinker or philosopher because actually he went around saying he was the Messiah. That's why he was crucified. He was crucified because he said he was the son of God. So he either, in my view, was the son of God or he was nuts. I find it hard to accept that all the millions of millions of lives, half the earth for nearly 2,000 years have felt their lives touched and inspired by some nutter. I don't believe it. And he went on to say, I believe that Jesus was the son of God. And still today, there's over 2.3 billion Christians around the world from every background. And they'll all speak of this encounter with the risen Jesus Christ. The core principle that set Christianity apart from every other religion is our belief that he, that the supreme God of the universe, took on human flesh, lived among us, and then in his immense love died that we might be forgiven. Now, if we're willing to claim Jesus as Lord, we're invited to live with him forever. This is something that no other prophet, teacher or revolutionary can offer. Are we willing to accept the great power and love of Jesus as the Christ, the Son of God? So to clear the confusion, knowing who Jesus is brings clarity. Number two, knowing who Jesus is, knowing what Jesus did brings clarity. Now, Jesus traveled all over teaching. He healed many. He forgave sins. He walked on water. He drove out demons. He even raised the dead. That's a pretty impressive resume. Not something I've been able to do and a lot of people I know. The disciples saw all of these miracles and they had been following Jesus for some time. They'd even been sent out in his name preaching, repentance, healing and casting out demons themselves. People acknowledge that Jesus did miraculous things because they saw it. And that's what the Gospels are about. It's their eyewitness of accounts. It's the Luke um, talks about how he went and he investigated it. And he, he talked to people. He found it to be true. And he wants to tell people the truth that's there. No one else in history has had a whole collection of books written about them before they were born. Outside the New Testament, Jesus left a recorded impact in the world. Jewish scholars talked in a text about Jesus. Jesus fulfilled over 300 Old Testament prophecies, 29 of them just in a single day. Now, if, if you think, well, maybe he was just this guy that was really smart and he could just work it all together to make it look like he was the Messiah, how could you orchestrate your birth? How could you do that? You're in the place that you should have been born to be the Messiah. You're in the place to die as the Messiah. The way it happened was the way it was told to be. Now, people set out all the time to disprove Jesus and Christianity. And what they find 
is the more they dig into history, into other texts, into writings, as they read the Bible, they see that without a doubt that Jesus was not only a historical figure, but it was also Christ of faith, the Messiah. And in light of the avalanche of evidence of who Jesus is, it requires more faith to maintain atheism than it would be to become a follower of Jesus Christ. John 8.32, Jesus said, You will know the truth and the truth will set you free. Everything hinges on Jesus' resurrection. He is who he claimed to be. He is the Son of God. The physical resurrection of Jesus is the cornerstone of Christianity. And this is relevant to every single one of us because as far as I can tell, to date, death is pretty much guaranteed. But the apostles died holding on to their beliefs of what they saw. They truly believed that Jesus was who he said he was. The disciples hid when Jesus was killed and three days later they were transformed because they had seen the resurrected Jesus for themselves. Their lives were changed. So why not investigate the evidence? Be determined to have an open mind. Go wherever the evidence takes you and resolve to make a decision. But remember that not making a decision is actually making a decision. You need to get to the decision part and do something about it. All right, third point. How I respond to Jesus brings clarity. How I respond to Jesus brings clarity. It's not just enough to have it in here. It's what I'm going to do with what I know. Now, I can know that the restrictions are opening up for a lot of people in New South Wales tomorrow. I can stay at home and shop for my essential items at Coles. It's not going to make any difference unless I respond to it and do something. Now, one of the funniest things in our house when our kids were little, uh, but at times I would ask the girls a very obvious question, like, oh, what's tomorrow? You know, Christmas. And, and Andrew would, without thinking, he would answer it. It would just pop out of his mouth before his brain engaged. Uh, and, and that's funny. Um, at the time, it was frustrating because I wanted the girls to use their brains. But anyway, we love him. Uh, but questions are great. We, they help us to be reflective and consider new options. And Jesus, he knew who he was. He didn't need the disciples to tell him. Jesus asked the question of, who do you say I am to teach and make people think? In saying things aloud, they were led to think about situations. So that's why I've asked the question today. Don't just brush it aside and go, oh, that was nice. Who is Jesus to me? Who do I say he is? First, Jesus asked the disciples what others said about him. They responded easily enough with all the speculations, Elijah, Jeremiah. Uh, maybe he was John the Baptist, which is weird because the disciples had seen Jesus and John the Baptist together before John the Baptist died. How could he be John the Baptist? But then Jesus turned the tables and said, well, who do you say I am? And it was time for the disciples to claim Jesus' identity for themselves. 
Jesus had told the people he was the Messiah that they'd been waiting for. He showed them by doing miracles, even rising from the dead, but they didn't get it. People had all kinds of opinions about about Jesus way back then, and nothing is different today. And today, the same questions being asked of us that Pilate asked before Jesus' crucifixion, what will we do with Jesus Christ? A philosopher called Dr. Ed Fazer, he recounts a saying. He said, a little philosophy leads you away from God, but learning a lot of philosophy leads you back. You know, I see all the time on social media people that just wipe Christianity, wipe Jesus just out of the equation. I don't think they've searched enough. Because the more you look, the more you're going to see. There is no doubt that Jesus not only walked the earth, but he is the Son of God. He is the Messiah. What we believe about Jesus' identity has consequences. Proclaiming Jesus' identity is part of salvation. Romans 10.9 says, If you declare with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. It's a declaration that comes out. Proclaiming Jesus' identity is part of our salvation. C.S. Lewis, he's an great author and theologian, he said, you must make a choice. Either this man was and is the son of God or else insane or something worse. But let us now come up, let us not come up with any patronizing nonsense about his being a great human teacher. He has not left that open to us. He did not intend to. I have here Something I brought back. Remember the days when we could take planes places? Um, this, is, this is one of the um, things I brought back from Kenya. Um, while we were there, um, we had incredible privilege, one of the highlights of my life, to meet uh, the Maasai people. And these people that we met were actually uh, a church, Maasai church, and we were able to pray for them. And even better, they were able to pray for us um, But this is one of the things that we were given um, on the day was a beautiful beaded necklace. And what if I decided that I don't understand planes? I don't understand the Kenyan visa system. I don't understand how they drive over there. And I still don't understand how they drive (laughs) over there. It's scary. Um, What if I decided that It didn't make sense, so I'm not going. We can have all the evidence in the world, but eventually I'm going to have to take a step of faith, get on a plane and fly to Kenya to see the Maasai people and talk to them. We'll actually get translated to talk to them because they speak not English. We take steps of faith every day. We do. You're going to have faith that your seat's going to hold you up. You're going to have faith that, you know, Facebook's going to work. And most times it does. Sometimes it doesn't do great. Uh, The electricity's going to work. 
yeah, we're pretty blessed that our electricity is great. We have faith that when we wake up in the morning, we can get a cup of coffee or whatever we need to get us going in the day. Why do we completely rule out faith when it comes to who Jesus is? This week I was reading a post on Facebook and um, one of the local members of parliament put up some of the restrictions that were changing, that were changing tomorrow and and people were commenting and, and I was reading the comments and they were wrong. They were completely wrong and no one was questioning it. And I'm reading and going, what? This is completely wrong. What I hadn't realised was I was reading a post from the day before and in the time between that uh, picture being put up and people commenting, things had changed so much to when I was reading it. It wasn't the same anymore. When Jesus comes into your life, things change. Our perception changes. Our ability to cope with the day changes. We have hope. We have peace. We have clarity. We see things and we start to act differently. And our old life becomes out of date. It's, it's different. It's past. You go from what was through Jesus to now what is. And sometimes when we're standing here in the what was area, looking at the what is area doesn't make any sense at all. But when you stand over here after you've made that decision for Jesus, you look back and go, it all makes sense. It all makes sense. And so stepping through and knowing who Jesus is and making that step of faith into an eternity with him, it may not be something that you can even comprehend right now. But if you just take that step of faith, your life will be completely transformed. Your life will be completely transformed. Jesus offers forgiveness and grace and eternal life as a free gift. But it's one we have to accept. We can reject it. It's our decision. I had to personally come to the point of knowing Jesus in my head and shifting that to knowing him in my heart. I had to say, I, I need Jesus. I actually don't have it all together. I want to look like it, but I don't. And once that step of faith happened, my life changed forever. The clouds of confusion and fear dissolved, and each day is a new day of hope and promise. That's what a relationship with Jesus can do. John 14, 6, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. The core principle that sets Christianity apart from every other religion is our belief that the supreme God of the universe, took on human flesh, lived among us, and then his immense love died that we might be forgiven and have eternal life with him. If we're willing to claim Jesus as Lord, we're invited to live with him forever. 
And this is something no prophet, teacher or revolutionary can offer. Are we willing to accept the great power and love of Jesus as the Christ, the Son of God? Do you need your confusion cleared up? Do you need it cleared up today? Because I can tell you without a doubt, putting our faith in Jesus Christ will do that. Do it in an amazing way. And we're going to put a prayer up in a second. I invite you, if you would like to pray this prayer, you're welcome to. If you're not ready to, that's fine. I invite you, I actually would love it if you could keep investigating, keep searching, keep looking to see who Jesus is. And don't listen to the people that took two seconds to say, no, I don't need that in my life because that's not a good search. You need to make a good search. You need to make the decision, who is Jesus? Who, who is Jesus to me? And if you'd like to pray the prayer, we'll put it up now. If you'd like to pray that right now, I invite you to. I'm going to read it. You might like to agree with me in your heart. Or you might like to read it out loud as well. Dear Jesus, I need you and I believe in you and I receive your forgiveness. Thank you for dying on the cross for me and for giving me life in eternity. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. Amen. The band's going to play a song to reflect right now. I encourage you to sit, listen to the words. Listen to Jesus. Listen to what he has to say to you today.